0: Hiya, Georgie. Welcome to my world. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live.
1: Hello and welcome to Road to Nowhere, the comic book, horror and sci-fi movie podcast. I'm your host Andy Connor and tonight I'm just joined by one person, it's Neil McCulloch. Hi Neil, how are you doing? Good evening, I'm okay, how are you? Not bad, not bad, recovering for New Year, how was yours?
2: I was quite sedate, Uh, recorded a show with my other podcast, Raptors in the Kitchen, which went live today, give it a Mm -hmm. listen, Uh, and just kind of hung out until just after the bells.
1: Mm -hmm. I've started that episode so I'll get it finished tonight, probably play a wee bit of FIFA and everything once we're done, just the usual crack. Um, But yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't heard it before. Um, What we're going to talk about tonight is basically 2021, our favourites, least favourites, best performances, all the fun things Um, and what we would, if you haven't seen, if you would recommend them or what best to avoid. If you listen to the second episode we done, you might have an idea what I will say to avoid. But um we'll see how we go from there. So we'll just get started. I uh put my list down somewhere and I forgot we minute, edit there we go. We'll just start off at the obvious one. Um What was your? You don't need necessarily pick one, but your best movie of twenty twenty one, the one that you would either go back to a lot or just caught you, even maybe caught you off guard if it was one like that. Okay. um, Well,
2: I do kind of have two for this. Okay. Uh, Dune is the best film of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. However, I had the most fun watching Ghostbusters Afterlife.
0: I remember revelations. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Judgment Day. Raise a call. I'm calling about what happened in New York.
2: There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years.
0: Oh my God! What is happening here? His grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Something was coming and he knew it.
3: I think we opened the gates of hell. Hey,
0: have you missed us?
1: i right. i've still not seen that yet it's
2: very very good mm. it's um, it's how anyone who is out to make a reboot or, or a kind of direct sequel to a franchise which mm-hmm. is being dormant for so long uh they should look at ghostbusters afterlife as a blueprint of how they do it yeah uh it's it's what's for it it takes good care of the lore Mm-hmm. And respect the previous audience for it. Yeah. So so while there's a, there is fan service and a lot of callbacks, it's not done in a way where it's kind of forced down your throat. Mm-hmm. It's it's all done with respect and the newer elements they bring into it are integrated into uh into the lore in interesting ways and it gives you a lot of hope kind of going forward for mm-hmm. that franchise.
1: That's cool. Do you think, um, I, th- I mean, the trailers for it, to be honest, look pretty awful. So I'm quite surprised. I've heard quite a lot of people actually saying how good it's been. I think, is it? Yeah,
2: think... I, I was exceptionally surprised by it because I, mm-hmm. I saw the trailers and was like, nobody's asked for this film. Nobody really wants it. It's just going to be a way for them to then make more money out of a younger audience. Mm-hmm. But as, but as I say there's been a lot of work put into it by people who know the franchise who grew up in the franchise so they can, they've understood um, the barriers to the older generation of fans and their enjoyment of it and have mm-hmm. and have made it in a way that they can they can make those older fans not get upset about the way that the new changes have been done.
1: That they've handled it, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's been handled very well. And the and the in and the new cast, like the cast of children that's <coughs> in it, um Finn Wolfhard, mm. his his arc is very it's very much like a it's very much an eighties film arc. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um I want to say Corey is it Corey Helm? No it's Cory Feldman's arc. And the Lost Boys, it's right, about okay. him kind of moving to a New Town and trying to get uh just find his place within that town. Aye. And the the little girl who is kind of the egon surrogate of, of the film is so endearing and and is in no way annoying because you would because 'cause you'd expect that there would be the chance that um a child actor being forced and being thrust into this kind of limelight. Could be quite saccharine, sweet, and mm. um, just a little unbearable, but not yeah. at all perfectly cast. Plays it really well.
1: I missed it when it was out, but I'm definitely I'm desperate to check it out. I know, and I'm going to say something. A lot of people really hate the 2016 one. 2016, the the um, Kristen Wig one, and I know it's it's it's, it's, it's not divisive. it's not. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it, but. I do love the originals, so I should have checked out just one of those ones. Kind of in between lockdowns and everything mm-hmm. else that goes on, it's kind of passed me by time wise. Um, I find the cri- sorry, the fin-
2: sorry, just to hark back to the Kristen Wig uh, Ghostbusters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I find that that film does get a bad rap. It's not great. It's mm-hmm. it's it has the problem that a lot of co- comedies of that time has where um, there's far too much focus put on just people riffing and kind of ad living their way through it. Yeah. So it's not really got a lot, as much structure as it kind of needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the extended cut of it, right. which actually makes the film a wee bit better. Right, okay, I've not seen that one. And, and, and also it's more... I think that film's based more on the real Ghostbusters cartoon, Right. Okay. Than the actual, uh, as be, rather than being kind of a spiritual sequel mm. or reboot of the original films.
1: Right. Okay. bye right. Um. For me, it was just uh, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh yeah, coming.
2: he was. He was good in it. Yeah,
1: he was good. <laughs> um. <laughs> I as you were saying as well, um, June. Was spectacular, wasn't it? Like, I, yeah, the, it's a ph-
2: phenomenal piece of filmmaking. <laughs> mm. How,
1: what's your relationship with June in general, in terms of the books and the the different versions that have been?
2: Um, my my, fir- my first my um, first my first what's the for? I keep forgetting the word. My first experience of the June franchise was the David Lynch film, right? Okay, which for years I have been an apologist for, mm-hmm. like. It's not it's not great, but I, feel, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there in mm-hmm. terms of how that film looks and the kind of Art Deco design of it. Right, okay. Um, and I think I saw that when I was eight years old. So it was just, it was wild to me mm-hmm. at that point in time. Like I, don't, I hadn't really seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, and as... I kind of progress through life. Uh, the books then came onto it, come onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh so I've read through the books. Um, and I've wanted this version of June for so long. Though to be honest, I have to agree uh, with uh, my other raptors uh, co-host Tommy Vass that it probably should have been an HBO Max TV series, just to get right, okay. just to get a fuller extent of it. Give it the same budget. Mm-hmm. Give it. Then you still doing it, uh, but just extend it, and I think that way we would have been more likely to get more of the whole franchise. Yeah, okay. Then at the moment, at least, at least we're getting the second half of the first.
1: But mm-hmm. get, we're end. getting a TV shows as well, aren't we? Um. Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember the character names and things in June. That was one thing that did go kind <clears> of <throat> over my head. Apart from Duncan at Idaho and Paula Trades, <laughs> the two kind of the specific names for me i'd never never seen a lynch one um never read any of the books but anything denny villeneuve does at the minute i think is just spectacular my favorite sci-fi movie of all time is arrival all right, good choice. Um <clears throat> and it's quite a obviously it's quite a recent one i just thought the, the storytelling and the characters in that and the emotion he put into that movie is just spectacular for a, a film and it was so clever as well a sci-fi movie it wasn't about aliens come to earth let's blow them up it's about mm. communication and language and trying to come to an understanding at the same time as there is obviously a military background happening in it as well but yeah i just think whatever he's done has been spectacular i went into that knowing nothing and i'm not going to read the books either because i want to see part two not knowing what's happening mm. <laughs> um, and having that surprise. Just visually, I mean, the, the scope that he manages to get from these, the the, the planets, the the spaceships, um, the just absolutely everything is just sensational.
2: Yeah. So so much of it is visually arresting. Yeah. Like the, there's the thing about space travel in June. It's about how and and the film doesn't really explain it, uh, but it's about how it folds yeah. space as mm-hmm. as opposed to being kind of normal travel oh, okay. uh-huh. there's, a, there's a it's a kind of cutaway scene where you've got uh them arriving at arrakis so you've got the the spacing guild ship and it's just all it is is like this uh like a tube like a mm-hmm. cigar, cigar kind of shaped tube yeah and there's just this wee cutaway insert where you've got space all around it uh-huh. but then you can actually look through the tube and see to, different... you can see where they've come from and it's mm-hmm. a completely different biome it's a different kind of setup yeah and that just blew my mind because mm. i never thought of it being visualized in that way yeah and it works so well and the film's full of it and you have to give props to Hans Zimmer score as well mm-hmm. like hands it's, it's as if Hans Zimmer has just gone fuck you and Melody and it's yeah. just white noise drums mm-hmm. Heavy percussion and wailing, and it <laughs>
1: works so so well. Yeah, for that film, I think sometimes Zimmer can be a wee bit um, heavy. Not he- if "heavy" is the right word. Like a lot where when he worked in Dark night, he was involved with Nolan, yeah. and he's, he's been mm-hmm. Nolan's guy apart from the yeah. First time Nolan ever worked with him, and he can be a bit overbearing at times. I felt not in this though, not in June but i do feel that he sometimes can be a wee bit um does some that distract me a wee bit actually from some of the the batman movies that he done with no one um and like he's, he's,
2: like if you follow that kind of through line the progression <clears throat> to where he's at with june has been building within those films okay mm-hmm. like because uh, the dark knight that score has a lot of kind of heavy percussion it's a lot of air rhythmic kind of stuff as well mm-hmm. Um, Dark Knight Rises is a lot of
1: chanting as well, doesn't
2: it? That's right. Uh, Inception, he uses a lot of stuff. Uh, he uses a lot of techniques like uh, slow down, reverb, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of using uh, kind of blanket white noise yeah. as, as a tool. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's as if June has kind of where he has peaked on that journey.
1: Yeah. How did you feel with the, without getting into spoilers, where the movie ended? Um, I probably
2: would have ended it maybe 20 minutes before that point Mm -hmm. Uh, because to me that would have been a cleaner ending but where they ended it I think for for being a piece of cinema which is wanting to draw people back in to watch a second one Mm -hmm. it's probably a better cliffhanger point because it, it gives you this impression that there is now a new story to tell yeah. Like there's there's more direction
1: to go in mm-hmm. Aye, I think um, in terms of anticipation for me I don't think there's been a level of anticipation we've had MCU ones with it, end the Infinity War and then waiting for the Endgame, but um, from Fellowship of the Ring was I think the last time I've had this level of fucking hell, give me the next part right now, <laughs> just never mind waiting I just need it <laughs> like um, that uh, just re- revolutionary filmmaking, I think, with how visually stunning it is. What you're saying about the the space is that the um, is it in Event Horizon that they use that same uh, description of space where he talks about the- he takes the bit of paper, folds it, and then puts a the pencil through it. Yeah, that that's the exact mm-hmm. thing they're talking about. Yeah, aye, aye, aye yeah, that's good. Yeah, just cool. Mm. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, I've got June on my list. Um. Another couple, a horror one for me was a movie called Caveat, which is on Shudder. It's an Irish horror movie um, about a guy who is given a proposal by someone to watch his um, niece for two weeks and he's offered an exorbitant amount of money to do it on an island in a cabin. But when he's in this place, he's uh, the... Denise says, has I can't remember exactly, she's some form of learning difficulty. I don't want to kind of misrepresent it. Um where she doesn't want anyone being able to get into their room. Her room, sorry, so when someone's in the house with her, he has to wear a vest that has him chained up that stops at her door. Sounds random, and it is quite random, but it has some of the scariest scenes I've seen in horror in a long time. I'll mention No Way Home as well, because we've seen that recently, and I thought they meld. I'm not going to talk about that too much, because we'll do a wee um, spoiler episode for that, but I just thought they managed to get that down pat, like how well they done a movie that could have been absolutely a total fucking mess. And for some people it might still be a mess, but for me, brilliant. Yeah, I feel kind of bad using
0: Happy's beliefs like this. Uh, he'll get over it. A majority oh. Of the oh, sorry.
2: So this is your plan, Peter? Hmm? No lab, no facilities, just performing miracles in a condominium? What, hmm? oh, you gonna cook up some cures and some frozen burritos in a microwave? I could go for a burrito. He's gonna kill us all. Well, let's hope not. You're up first, Doc. What? Huh? Hey, I told you, I don't need fixing. I don't need fixing, especially by a teenager using scraps from a
0: bachelor's junk drawer. No, no, no. He got something back there. I can feel it. That weird energy. What the hell is that? It's a fabricator. They can analyze, design, construct basically anything. I thought that was the tanning bed. Happy broke. Look at that.
1: He's going to kill us all. So, now we'll go on one of the bits that's probably quite fun to talk about because talking shit about something's always funny. Um, what was your worst or couple of worst movies of
2: 2021? Well, the standout worst film of 2021 had to be Justice League of the Snyder Cut.
1: Oh, we're going to have a disagreement about this.
2: <laughs> of which you are incorrect, so... <laughs> But to be honest like I kind of feel unfair putting that as the worst film because that film was bad when it came out originally so it was always mm. going to be bad. Yeah. Okay. I just Zack Snyder just somehow managed to make a 2 hour terrible film into a 4 hour even worse film. Oh no. <laughs> but to be fair to him Army of the Dead was also terrible. So speaking it, he of, of me speak, the is dead. a bad
1: film like Speaking of, me, that is one of my two. I've got oh, the, right. I, uh, I absolutely hated it, absolute dog shit. That, yeah, that was it. Two and, and a half hours. It just, it just dragged on
2: and none of the characters were interesting. None of them even felt like they were in the same room for half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a bad film. Yeah. Uh, my other, my main kind of worst film though is Free Guy. Free yeah, Guy okay. was the most dog shit film. Last year, that, that film hurt my brain in so many ways.
1: Technically, I've seen it, but I fell asleep, I think, for about 40 minutes. Oh, you did well. You did well to fall asleep <laughs> yeah. through that. It was a. Uh, it just felt like Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds, and that was roughly about it. <laughs> it, it, it felt like Ryan
2: Reynolds playing old Ryan Reynolds, though, like mm-hmm. kind of like the waiting era of Ryan Reynolds, where everything's just a shite one-liner it's just irritating well I don't know if it's maybe this is me reaching a point in life where I found a film where it's not for me it's not aimed at me I'm too old Mm. an audience for it uh but it's just it was dreadful it dragged it dragged on as well it dragged on it dragged on the way that it just made everything about it seem 10 times worse yeah well if it'd been a tight 90 minutes it probably might have been a bit more enjoyable Mm -hmm. but it wasn't Like they had the the crappy love story between the the real world characters the crappy love story between the real world character and Ryan Reynolds computer game character (laughs) you had taika waititi's worst performance on film ever
1: yeah uh, he was quite bad from what I remember from what I've seen of him anyway yeah Ah, it not, uh, yeah, it was new. Yeah, uh, it was. What I seen, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I think I seen was it was a bit an hour of it, and I was a bit indifferent towards it. A good Ryan Reynolds performance that isn't Deadpool was probably Detective Pikachu, yeah, <laughs> which was great. Um yeah, but I, he, I mean, that, it still is kind film. of yeah, it's great. No, it's fantastic. Um He's still kind of just playing Ryan Reynolds, but I, I, I just I, I think he's getting to. That one was maybe Free Guy was maybe a bit more. Two guys, and a girl, yeah. Type, but yeah, he's got he's got a he's got a stick, and he's kind of he got the niche market for it. But I it,
2: it felt like it was Disney kind of trying to see if you could get a PG thirteen Deadpool to work, mm. in the way that you portrayed that character with all the, the kind of quips he was coming out with,
1: yeah. Do you and th- it, it
2: didn't it didn't work.
1: No, did you do you see them going down the? PG-13 Deadpool route when they bring him in? I
2: think
1: I, know.
2: I think you will get him eventually. I, th- I think you'll get two different Deadpool movies at Disney. One which kind of maintains its uh, its, well, it's, it's a 15 year, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of our rating. Mm-hmm. And I think when they because they will integrate him into X-Men films when they eventually come out and whatever the team films are. Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, oh, actually, I never even thought about bringing him into Spider Man, but yeah, that would be a good shout. Um, so we'll need to be a bit, a bit
1: more PG 13 there. Yeah, he's such a difficult character, I think, that you could integrate into the MCU because of how fourth wall breaking he is. I mean, you can bring him in and not have him break the fourth wall because it would feel out of tone, maybe with the, the team up movies he would be in. Or, I think you then, could, if, it be, if it had been the multiverse now, you can maybe bring
2: him in as a multiversal character where he comes mm-hmm. from a, a universe where that is a thing yeah because i'm assuming that's maybe i oh know i was ready to say that's what they're going to do with spider gwen but i'm actually thinking about gwen Poole. Mm. it's a different character completely
1: <laughs> i never know. we'll see where we where we go with that yeah, yeah. i mean i, well, I don't this is, i don't agree with you on the justice league guy yeah. have it on 4k steelbook uh delivered that, that, on release day that film
2: is the equivalent of
1: cinematic cancer. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, Jesus! Do you know what, man? I really liked it. And I sat... Um, I watched it in two goes. Um, I can be sometimes... <clears throat> I wouldn't say a Snyder apologist because I've just literally said that of oh, the Dead was a heap of shit. Mm. I... I do enjoy uh, Donna Justice... The director's cut. Um, the director's cut's a far better movie.
2: I don't think I've actually seen the director's cut. I, I think it adds it. on.
1: Aye, I think it adds on forty minutes, but it's edited differently. Like it, right. it's totally different to edit. I um, just can't.
2: I just can't get away with in Donna Justice. You have got Superman at a trial, and he can't smell fish in a jar for like ten feet away. He's Superman. <laughs>
3: yeah, he, he would
2: smell that fish.
1: I don't think Zack Snyder understands the characters overall. No, because
2: because he's doing it through a a a lens of kind of Randian ideology of -hmm. of American exceptionalism. Yes, that's not the way you should be looking at those characters at all. It's it's a similar problem. Zack Snyder's Justice League has a similar problem with uh, Marvel's Eternals, in which the characters which you are supposed to feel. empathy for and almost and i suppose feel like you should be aspiring to they're gods mm-hmm. so you get no real frame of reference of how you can actually relate to these characters mm-hmm. and it just put, it puts them onto this pedestal above the rest of those rest of that kind of cinematic oeuvre yeah. in terms of uh, so just not being accessible in
1: a relatable way. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I think um I thought it was a, a I thought it was far superior to let's call it the wedding, the Whedon cut. Um <clears throat> I liked the dark side elements in it. Um the, the, the one flaw is bringing in Jared Leto's Joker. I just think he wanted a scene with Ben Affleck and that, but Jared Leto's Leto's Joker was always shit and there was no yeah. demon no um, coming back from that um,
2: but yeah so you're, not, you're not one that wants the David Ayr cut of Suicide
1: Squad then? Uh, no, no, I <laughs> couldn't give any less a fuck about that yeah. <laughs> We've got the Suicide Squad that we probably wanted originally, the nuts Yeah, and that, that James Gunn film yeah, is, a, is Gunn. a good movie yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely Aye, um, So yeah, for me um, my worst of the year Army of the Dead is we kind of Touched on there, just over long terrible performances, a ridiculous storyline. The awful thing pieces awful thing, CGI as well.
2: One of the things about Army of the Dead, which I find most great is it's it's very much a choice which he's made as a filmmaker, of perspective, mm-hmm. and how you've all everything's a close-up shot, which is in perspective. Then everything's kind of faded out in the back. Mm-hmm. It's it just it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't bring anything to it.
1: Plus, a terrible CGI zombie tiger.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Oh very <was> <laughs> And then I can't remember the exact point of it, but there's something where they're trying to get people to a camp or something like that, but then the camp just gets nuked. Like, <laughs> there was something I remembered and it really bugged me, and it was just terrible storytelling, terrible writing. But yeah, that was. Aye, right, because of, right, cause the
2: plot is that it's a camp that's mm-hmm. outside of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh. They're getting them all out because uh, they're nooking Las Vegas to try and uh, stem the zombie threat, because that's like the epicentre of it now. Yeah, aye. Uh, uh, that's the kind of thing, like, because that's the whole why they're going in, and they've
1: got a time on it, aye. of how long they can be there. And then we've got Army of Thieves, which I've not watched that in while. I've not watched that. <laughs> no interest in it whatsoever. The spinoff off that nobody knew they didn't want. Um. The other one for me, eh, I don't know if you'll have seen this, so I've spoken about before, I'm quite a big found footage horror movie fan, love the Paranormal Activity franchise. This year I had the misfortune of watching Paranormal Activity and Next of Kin. (laughs) By Christ, that is so bad. It's not linked in any way, shape or form to the rest of it.
2: Oh, do the these the movies my... all have like a running kind
1: of storyline? Yeah, aye. There's really? a character, the, the, right. the demon Toby. Is... Yeah, I've, I've only ever seen the first one. That was right. I thought it was dreadful, so
2: yeah, I never went back.
1: So the first one, I really love. I love the first Paranormal activity movie. Um, and Not,
2: nothing happens
1: in it. And I, I know. I remember <laughs> shitting myself. <laughs> and then Paranormal activity two is a kind of pre- is a prequel. Right. Paranormal Activity Three is a further back prequel, but it's set so Katie, the main character, um from the first paranormal activity, is then linking through she turns up at the end of paranormal activity two. It tells the story about what's happening with the family and everything. It's all linked to a cult and a demon called Toby. Four four and five and six, I think. I think six is the ghost dimension, which wasn't great. Five, I think, is the marked ones, which is a kind of spin-off that then ties in. This one is just nothing. It is set in an Amish community and but fuck nowhere. Um, it is awful, terrible acting, but not just that. It switches from found footage to cinematic randomly, oh, okay. random scenes. Oh, it does, like it does the, the rec four I've never seen REC four, so uh, but I feel it's not great. <laughs> so um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Like
0: we are grateful to have our sister Margot return to us. Jesus, Something
1: is here. Moving on for that, I think we're going to have the same movie here. The biggest letdown of the year?
2: Well, it's Halloween Kills. 100%. Easy, easily, Halloween Kills. Yeah. Um, to go from the Halloween 2018, which I felt was a very good continuation of uh, the franchise. Mm-hmm. They, they went in the right direction of ignoring <laughs> most of the sequels yeah um to then go to Halloween kills which looks like it's been made for a third of the budget most of the cast are no name, name nobodies because of decided all right we'll bring people back from the original films mm-hmm. not really understanding that these people maybe are not good actors now
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we had uh, Tommy Doyle, who was originally Paul Rudd. Yeah. And he's obviously read it and went, fuck that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it totally dropped the ball. It totally sidelined Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I get what they were trying to do to an extent with the mob mentality where uh, there's no logic behind their thinking. Yeah. Like they are just reacting to something that's happening, and everyone's getting caught up in it. But it didn't. It just wasn't written well. Yeah, it was. It, uh, it,
2: it felt like they were trying to make too much of an allegory for modern America mm-hmm. and a lot of the problems that they're having that they have over there and over here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: yeah.
1: Aye, that mob mentality. That yeah. Uh, make America great again. Evil mm-hmm. dies tonight, as they say. Yeah, it was such a late I was really buzzing for it. Like I, yeah. I loved the twenty eighteen version. Um, I thought they made Michael as terrifying as he's been since the first movie. Mm-hmm. But he went and, and they did some great shots in it. That tracking shot when he returns to Haddonfield, and mm-hmm. it just follows him the whole way around.
2: Yeah, it's it's similar to what I said about the Ghostbusters Afterlife. It felt mm. like they had respect for the source material and they understood what made that source material uh kind of iconic to begin mm. with yeah um uh, and that just went down the toilet <laughs> kills.
1: Mm. yeah definitely yeah. I think I will still be there for Halloween ends I do oh yeah yeah it. I need to know um, how, how it finishes how it finishes yeah. yeah um I do worry that they're going down the supernatural route with them, especially with Jamie Lee Cut's kind of speech at the end they're going down mm. the more sequel route where he isn't just because I mean, you see the amount of times he gets shot and stabbed and everything in that one, and nothing, nothing wrong with him. Well, they've, they've kind of turned him into more of a Jason Voorhees style character. Mm-hmm. I feel in like Halloween Aye. Kills,
2: like yeah. especially especially with some yeah, especially with some of the kills felt a lot more like a of the
1: Thirteenth mm-hmm. kind of kills. It felt like he was being. <clears throat> Vindictive, yeah.
2: He was a um, dick
1: about. It. He was a dick about it, especially the old couple near the start after making mm-hmm. like, a massacre of the firemen. Yeah, Um they just they like he's picking knives out off the wall and just casually putting them into this guy's back while his wife's right. bleeding out the floor, watching die. Yeah, it was Michael's never. Well, iterations of them have changed throughout the years. We're not even going to talk about the Rob Zombie ones, but. The show kind of, cut the, the, up to H2O, and just, I'm not even going to mention Resurrection, he's been more of a if-you-get-in-my-way type of killer. Yeah. But in this, he went to being like a, a nasty, vindictive level mm. of him, like a level of anger, um, and, and hatred and actively pursuing people. Plus, there's the, the car door. <laughs> <laughs> it's was ridiculous death. I give us in a Halloween movie, and there's been plenty of ridiculous deaths. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Hopefully, they yeah, can it's... redeem it. They need more Jamie Lee cut this as well. Just see, and,
2: I, I don't mind her being kind of sidelined a bit for the sequel, because uh, yeah. you have you can't just do another sequel where it's it's her going right. Okay, and now you need to go and kill him and fight him again. Because yeah. you need to have that kind of lull uh, for her to be built back up
1: for a final battle and a third one. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, she's a woman in her 60s who's been stabbed. She's not exactly going to be okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. they just they, they failed. Have you heard, apparently, what the next one is? Does five years do, later?
2: Yeah, it's five years later, he's just been in that house. I,
1: well, I don't well, know I'm if that is but... he's just been cutting about that house. <laughs> do you think he's just, like... like They've went right. He's in there. He's not going to leave. We'll just leave him. <laughs> just I mean, what's, what's he been in. doing? He's just been in there like mining bitcoin. <laughs> he's just sitting like getting his allotment out, keeping his mask on. <laughs> but he's wearing dungarees and a white t-shirt. Man. Occasionally pop him down to Aldi, get a shopping <laughs> in. I oh, no, he could just do uh, get a get get a delivery sent to his house. so He doesn't have to leave. Well I said COVID's been going on, so he's not been allowed out of his house. Oh well, he'd be all right. He'd be wearing a mask. He's fine. <laughs> He's the only one He's like sitting Wear a mask in the front of his door Oh no, we'll see how it goes But it'll probably push
2: (sighs) Yeah, I don't know how i hold out much hope for it Um, Um, As a biggest letdown I would also Give a shout out To the Many Saints of New York Right, so The the uh Sopranos sequel film Uh huh uh, so I've, um, I've
1: never seen The Sopranos, so i would never really bothered with this. So, but aye, um,
2: over the course of lockdown, I sat through six seasons of Sopranos in quite a short time. So for the first the, time? For the first time. Right, okay. Uh, so by the time that came out, I think I was mm-hmm. just into season five, aye. where everything up until that point in The Sopranos had been pretty good. But it felt like it kind of reached a point where it was starting to tread water mm-hmm. and the standard of the TV show for me was going downhill uh, to the point where season six is a dreadful season of television and thank fuck, fuck it ended. Right. Um so going to see the Many Saints in New York I wasn't the biggest of Sopranos fans, but even at that, watching that film felt like an insult. Right. Um it's It was advertised as, oh, here's how Tony Soprano became the Tony Soprano that you know. Mm-hmm. When the whole film's pretty much about a different guy.
1: Right, okay. And
2: it feels like a terribly made TV movie. Uh, so I just find it amazing that it got a cinema release.
1: Yeah, I, I was quite surprised, but I thought it would maybe, again, never seen The Soprano, so I only know. Like, I know how it ends. Yeah. Um, So, I never bothered going back and watching it. It felt along the lines of like El Camino. All right. That it would be a Netflix, just here's a bit extra story, just have it on Netflix. But I haven't a film. I
2: I suppose it was an HBO Max thing. Right. Okay. And it feels, and before we started, we were talking about the new Matrix film. Mm hmm. It has the same feel as that for me where it feels like a film which exists purely because you needed content for a streaming service.
1: Right, okay. Aye. I, I, I I won't watch it to be honest because I've seen yeah. Sopranos but yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying it's pretty grim. Aye? Yeah, it's just a it's bit a boring. Bit, it's a, and, a mess. Aye. Um, Moving on to biggest surprise Um. for me I've got a couple again. One I'm going to mention is Greenland.
0: What is it? What's going on? Train derailed across the highway. (laughs) If you are hearing this broadcast, seek shelter immediately. What do you think it is? No idea. Oh my god, John, go! Shut in the back! Cover Nathan! The only thing people want to talk about today is this interstellar comet called Clark.
2: NASA is saying it appeared out of nowhere from like a different solar system.
0: This is the fragment entering the lower atmosphere. Three, two, one, an impact. What is the explosion? It's a chunk of rock. Rocks don't explode. <laughs> yeah, tell that to the dinosaurs. The sky's on fire. Come on, let's go. With the largest fragment expected to hit in less than 24 hours, space agencies are expecting an extinction-level event. The greatest chance of survival are the bunkers in Greenland. We're gonna go?
3: Gotta go now. Okay.
0: such a brave guy, you know that? I swear I will get us into those bunkers.
3: Because we're always gonna be
2: together. Go, go, go. That the... the Jerry Butler. Weirdly enough, I have a Jerry Butler film as well, but it's not Greenland.
1: Uh, I think I might know what it is. Um, have you seen Greenland? I haven't. No, I've heard it's all right. It's really good, it's, and he's surprisingly good in it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously about an end, kind of an end of world scenario, but it's not really about that. That's in the background. It's, he is basically, I mean, the biggest spoiler ever is in the name of the film. He's trying to get to Greenland <laughs> Um and it's all about trying to get back to his family or they get split up and it's just about the travel across, trying to get there and get them to safety rather than big set pieces right. and because all that's happening is he, there's barely anything revolving around, it's an asteroid, there's barely anything revolving around that, you just see it in the background. Right. Um, Really good performance for Gerald Butler, probably his best, I think. I wasn't saying much because he can be quite terrible at times, but um, He has his moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But he's really good in this. Um, And aye, just a good wee 45 minute movie. My biggest surprise for me was Malignant. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen the trailers for this, and there's a lot of talk about it being Jallo-inspired. I don't know a lot of Jallo, so I can't comment on that. It has the man in a black coat with a knife type of storyline that I think a lot of them follow. Yeah, that's a very Jallo trope. Yeah, but this movie just goes off the rails in a good way, in a way that I never expected in... I has one of the best action set pieces of the year, which for a horror movie okay. is completely random. Um it's set in a police station. Um it's fantastic. I'd never seen the twist come. I think a lot of people said they had. If they have, that's I had guessed partially what it was, but not to the extent of what it turned out to be. Mm. James Wan was just given free reign to make this fucking mental balls to the wall, violent, over the top. Just nonsense horror movie, and it was great. I absolutely loved it. Best, probably the best time I've had in the cinema, apart for no way home this year or last year, yeah. sorry. um I, I, And I got to see it when I was sitting in the cinema myself, so it was a great experience. Mm. Audibly laughing out loud on my own <laughs> while things were happening, but a sheer joy from getting to sit and watch this. Like, you don't see a movie like that getting made for that budget. Yeah. and getting a, such a big release as well and the trailers, when I first seen the trailers I thought, god, this is giving away far too much and it's not yeah, even see, half of it
2: That that was always <laughs> my thing about why I never really saw it because the trailer gave I felt the trailer gave away a lot of it mm. uh, and I kind of I felt, I kind of saw where it was going Yeah, uh, but as you said like there seems to be a lot more to it than
1: that Yeah, I mean it's definitely not for everyone even horror, a lot of big horror fans, I don't know how much yourself you are with horror, but a lot of major horror fans that are quite split on it.
2: Yeah, I, like, I've um... enjoyed
1: most of James Wan stuff, but mm. well, that First movie is pretty good. Yeah, I mm. um, and he done uh, uh, Insidious, Insidious right and yeah. he done, did he do, um... oh, what's it called? Why have I taken a blank? Sinister was that James Wan?
2: No, that was Scott Derrickson. That's what so, uh, so uh, I was he was meant to be doing the new. And I, I saw the trailer for the new Scott Derrickson film today. Uh, oh, Black, Black Phone!
1: phone. Uh, that's been, amazing. That has been getting great write-ups. Yeah, Loads of folks really seen that already? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's out February maybe. Yeah. Yeah, really important. Again though, I worry that the latest trailer for that seems to give away a lot. Ah, uh, it
2: did, did. have a longer
1: on it. Aye, aye. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's a really good write-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones, uh, uh, a podcast I listened to, um, Dead Meat, Dead Meat podcast, they gave it, they were raving about it. Um, but yeah, I'll be checking that out. Uh, but yeah, Malignant was just uh, just a shit ton of fun. It's probably mm-hmm. the best way to describe that, I think. Let check that so I, uh, what was yours? You said you had a Jerry Butler one.
2: Uh, my Jerry Butler one was Cop Shop. Uh huh. Thought it would have been. Yeah, like I, I didn't walk into that knowing that much about it, other than what I'd seen in the trailer. Mm. And the trailer made it look kind of dumb, kind of stupid. Mm. Had had a very kind of Smoking Aces, uh, kind of vibe to it. Uh, shoot 'em up as well. A lot yeah, of that. Aye, aye. Uh, I didn't realize it was a Joe Carnahan film uh who did smoking aces
1: right okay um yeah i'll have smoking aces when
2: i've seen it it's been a while uh, since i've watched it though. um and I, I was just kind of blown away by it it's, it's simple it's uh, uh it's what's his name Jared butler frank griot mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember the name of the female lead who was actually really good in it and steals a lot of the show Um uh, frank griot gets himself arrested uh Jared Butler is a hitman on his tail, gets himself arrested, they're put in the same jail, and then another hitman takes on the contract and it's kind of a siege film right, okay. of this other hitman who's an absolute psychopath trying to get into Frank Rio. Uh you've got Jared Butler trying to convince the the cop to team up with him, take out Frank Rio so he can get away. Uh, and it's really good action really it's violent uh it's quite funny everybody puts mm-hmm. in a good solid performance it's it's a solid genre b picture mm-hmm. uh it's well worth your time and mm-hmm. i was just really surprised that it was as good as it was
1: mm-hmm. i've seen um, i've seen a couple of trailers for it and jared uh, but what well, seems as if he was having a good time on it
2: yeah, it's one of these films <laughs> where Butler knows what, what he's in it. What, uh, he knows what the film is. He knows what kind of Jerry Butler you're, you're looking for in that. Mm-hmm. It's quite it's quite free and easy. Uh, it's quite dumb in a lot of places, but dumb in a good way. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Yeah,
1: it's, it's
2: well worth watching. <clears> throat> um, throat> the, the Suicide Squad surprised me. Really? I don't know why it's, it, 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 sh- it shouldn't have surprised me, because it being a James Gunn... I knew it probably would have been at least of a decent standard, mm-hmm. but because it's a DC movie, obviously my expectations are always low. Yeah. Uh, and The Jungle Cruise, with the rock and Emily Blunt. I enjoyed surprised that. Me. Aye. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty forgettable film in terms mm-hmm. of what actually happens in it, but for the two hours that you're watching it, everybody looks like they're having a great time. Yeah. Um, it's a
1: Good old fashioned family adventure film, yeah, which you don't yeah. really get as much of anymore. Right. I was, I, I totally forgot that I'd seen that to be honest, as you say, it's yeah. fairly forgettable, but yeah, when I watched that, it's kind of very similar to both the Jumanji movies, which I think have both been excellent. Yeah, yeah. Those, those two Jumanji movies are great, yeah. Like, I thought maybe with the first one, they'd got away with one or something, or not got away with one, but maybe just struck gold and I went off. But then the next level was yeah. really good as well. And I'm looking forward, to, I think they're making a third one, definitely. Well. Guaranteed. I suppose to mm-hmm. be making a third one. Um, yeah, lot of time for those. Um, aye, and Jungle Cruise here. Yeah. I mean, Emily Blunt's just a cracking actress. The Rock is.
2: I mean, the, the rock Rock's feel- packable for everything anyway, isn't the, it? The, the like, Rock, the Rock feels slightly miscast in that film, mm-hmm. but it doesn't detract from the performance and the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Emily Blunt, just she smiles the whole way through in a way of why the fuck am i making this film fuck <laughs> it. let's let's have a laugh Aye.
1: yeah disney have paid me a small fortune yeah. fuck and, and,
2: and even jack whitehall who's a guy i have never enjoyed anything he's ever been in is mm. pretty good in
1: it as well yeah. up next <clears throat> and i only think there's been one animation that can come close but i'll let you so i'll let you go first <laughs> best animation of 2021 Evangelion three point plus one point oh one thrice
2: at a time is the best animation of twenty
1: twenty one. Right, I've not seen that, but I've not seen any <laughs> Evangelion, so. um,
2: As much as that is the best animation for me, this is not the time or a place to get into the lore. The lore of Evangelion <laughs> that is a podcast unto itself. Right, fair enough. Uh, the, what I will say about it though is, if you have, if you are a fan of the evening series.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The the rebuild movies have been they been interesting and they've taken a long time to get them all out. Mm-hmm. Um and like the first two they do a good job of kind of retelling the story of the T V show from uh like slightly different perspectives in places. Uh, and then the third film, uh it takes a time jump. And it becomes a whole new thing, while still kind of retelling the back half of the TV show. Yeah, okay. So 3.0 plus 1.01 01 is actually the fourth film in the series, okay. not the third film. And it's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Well, I really wish I could have seen it in the cinema. Uh, all the budget is up there on the screen. The animation is absolutely fantastic. Um, the way they take the story uh, and kind of bring it to a closing a, a kind of closing point is done really well um yes yeah, if you've never seen evangelion obviously watch tv show first yeah of course but so. i would i would recommend it
1: yeah. mm. anime is something i've always struggled with um i have tried a few i tried attack on titan and with attack on titan I don't know what it is about it. There's just a level of weird nastiness that I could not get on board with. It's, like, it's because it's super fascist. It's <laughs> just, it's, it's, it's so brutal. Like, and <clears throat> it's maybe just me not having any background in anime at all. Like, the closest I came to anime is I think I watched the Pokemon TV series when I was younger. Mm. Um, And the closest I think I've came, like, I, I, I know Invincible isn't anime probably as close of came An animation in mm. general i do struggle with when it's like serious storytelling right. um I like I, I can sit and watch family guy and rick and morty and shit like that but kind of serious storytelling and in, invincible is the first one that i've actually sat down and absolutely loved because mm. it was incredible um but yeah evangelion um and again we're talking about paco earlier on is that the one that um Pacific Rim Uprising is kind of... Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of Evangelion inspiration. And, and that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I maybe should give it a try. Look, I've got a niece. She's 10, and 11. Do, you,
2: do you not watch it with your niece. No. no. That, the, <laughs> that you will you will have conversations which you do not want to have after
1: that. <laughs> but the thing is, she's really into her Japanese culture at the minute. Oh, and right, she's yeah. into a lot of anime. Um... I don't think she's watched Evangelion. I don't think she's watched uh, Attack on Titan either. It's just a wee bit adult for her. Yeah. Um, but she's but then looking at that and then reading, seeing some of the the Japanese books and comics that she's reading, the violence in them is mental. But um, it's definitely something that she'll probably pick up on, and maybe I should give it a try just to kind of dip my toe in. But yeah something of, yeah, I've, always really, I've always really struggled with anime. Yeah, I understand why a lot of people can of really get into anime. There's,
2: a lot of anime is entrenched in Japanese culture, so it, it kind of helps to understand that culture to, to certain degrees so mm-hmm. that a lot of the kind of the more off-colour elements Aye. is kind of a bit more digestible because mm-hmm. you can understand it from the a cultural context yeah of course and also a lot of the kind of stupid stuff that happens mm-hmm. is very kind of cultural context based right, okay um but <clears throat> that the story of evangelion and the themes that it's trying to put across uh, are so heavy and they're explored in such a grim manner at mm. times that it's it's a brutal watch Mm-hmm. But then it's also got the backdrop of giant robots fighting giant aliens, which is always good.
1: That's always good. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound good, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm going be, um, but I mean, there's so much I've got in a backlog that I need to yeah. watch. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, having no, no, no knowledge of Evangelion, and I couldn't even have possibly came across that. For me, the best animation of 2021 was The Mitchells Versus the Machines.
0: Oh no! Oh
2: W, 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 dot...
3: Oh!
2: Look oh at Uh... Remind me
3: later. Okay, yeah, fine. That's fine. Oh! oh. Five minutes! Yeah! No! Uh, English! What have I done?
0: Yup Dub! No! YouTube! Okay! Videos! Ah.
1: There was a lot of big moments in 2021 for cinema, even though, I mean, we were probably not until maybe May, June, before the big releases all started coming mm. out. What was your standout moment? I know you've spoke about June quite a bit in that moment of looking through the, not the wormhole, but the, the space travel ship and things like that. Is there my, one moment for you that stands out?
2: My standout moment? Well, no, there's a, probably a couple of them and they're all really really dumb right uh well, there's the bit in godzilla versus kong where uh godzilla burp drills uh, a hole using his atomic <laughs> breath to the center of the earth which we've just found out is a hollow earth where kong and all the human characters are down getting these big acts and he just looks down the hole and kong looks up the hole and they can see each other and you give
1: it that, moan then, and it starts as a fight. Yeah. <laughs> fight. It's a totally square <laughs> goal moment, and it's just really dumb. So, uh, we, were, we were talking about this before we started recording, about Godzilla vs Kong, and how I wasn't a massive fan of it. I've got another question about that whole bit of the Atomic Breath, because do they not have to go through some sort of wormhole or portal to get yeah, there is some, the there is some <laughs>
2: weird <laughs> portal thing that they go through to make, <laughs> make that
1: thing work. But then he just shoots oh, through as a whole. He's he Godzilla. Well, he's King of does, the Monsters. Does what he, he wants. He
2: can do what he
3: wants.
2: Right? Yeah, much. But there's also there's a really dumb bit which I love in the, in that film where they've had the fight. They've uh, it's before Mecha Godzilla turns up. They've had the fight, and Kong's been beaten. He's lying on the deck against this skyscraper and it looks like he's about to go up and godzilla just flashes them splashes them this look of you're really going up really want to that? <laughs> and amazed. it's and there's no there's no dialogue because they're monsters there's no even a growl it's just this look in his eyes of i you, stay down <laughs> so That's
3: there's moving. that
2: but there's also a bit in fast nine which fast nine is a film of amazingly dumb cinematic moments um which actually I could have also put on Best Surprise, because I was amazed that given that Fast 8 was crap, that mm-hmm. Fast 9 was actually a bit of a return to form mm-hmm. for that series. But there's there's a bit where the, let's call them the Fast 9 gang,
3: mm-hmm.
2: have, uh, they've been dropped into a South American country by uh, a shadowy government agency. They're now like that whole that whole franchise started off. There were street racers that stole stuff. Now mm-hmm. they are a quasi uh, black ops operation, which goes in and does like military things, but with cars. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit where they're getting chased by the South American military, um, and there's a bridge that goes over this big ravine. So you've got the car in front, which is like your B characters, uh, your uh, Tyrese Gibson, your Ludacris. I think Naomi Harris and there's a storyline which is kind of running with them where they're like the meta commentary of the mm-hmm. f- of the film where Tyrese has kind of come to this moment where he's realized they go through all these crazy adventures and nobody ever dies nobody ever gets hurt what like they are superheroes mm-hmm. so they go on the bridge the bridge starts collapsing Driving this big big van over it, and they just go over the edge and mm. get on the other side. Here comes Big Van Diesel, steaming down these motor. Seizes the bridges out. He's got uh he's got this grappling hook in his back seat. He swings it, chucks it out the window. It catches on to um the post of the fallen bridge, and the car just swings over. And does this <laughs> big massive arc swings over, hits the deck, rolls about four times, and I just go, they bother me and drive off. And it was amazing. I, I lost my shit.
1: <laughs> Do you know I've never seen a fast movie since the first one? You are missing out. See, like the first the first one's no
2: great. The second one's no great. I love Tokyo Drift, but I understand why people don't like it.
1: Is that I thought that was the second one? Is it no, that's
2: the third one. Right, okay. Um but by the time you hit fast four it starts to have more of a kind of narrative that then runs through everything right. and from fast five onwards those films are amazing mm-hmm. but the introduction of the rock to that franchise made that franchise 10 times better right, and okay. fast seven is one of the finest action films of the modern era right it's okay. so utterly ridiculous
1: All right it's just one that passed me. I've seen the first one in the cinema, which was maybe 2001. Yeah. Was it? Yeah,
2: that's a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I've seen the first one. And yeah, as you're saying, I mean, it was it was a basic, almost cop drama, wasn't it? Like yeah, uh, uh, it Paul was... Walker being the undercover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do know that they've got more ridiculous, they've got more over the top, they've turned into this massive franchise with uh, OTT action movies. I've just never bothered with them. Like, I don't know what I I would
2: say you could probably jump in at five. Right, okay. Five, five, six, and seven are the three best films in that franchise. Right. And they're really easily accessible. Mm -hmm. They tell you everything you need to know.
1: Like, it's the same with the... I was also, for years, never bothered with um, the Mission Impossible ones. And then they just... They're fantastic. Yeah, like, so I'd seen one and two, and then I never bothered Mm -hmm. until I heard how good...
3: So
1: Fallout Four Ghost Protocol.
2: Right, this is where I I always fall so down I can never remember Ghost if it Protocol, then it right was... Rogue Nations Four. No Ghost, Ghost Protocol is Four Rogue Nations Five Fallout six, six, and the new one comes out next
1: year. And we're getting one, and getting two back to back, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it was when. In fact, you might have been Fallout. It might have been the sixth one. I went, oh, do you know what? I'll go and watch them. Uh. And they are brilliant. They are yeah, great. Like they're really good. I wasn't a big fan of Rogue Nation. You know, I Rogue Nation, the fifth one. um right. I thought that was a bit. I thought, I thought it was a bit dull. Ghost Protocol is, I think, for that's me the a best really one. one. Yeah, was <laughs> excellent. See, so, yeah, uh, I, I think Fallout's the best one, followed by
2: two. And some days I'll tell you that two is the best one, but that two is
1: uh, that's the John wood directed one. Aye. Yeah that's the ridiculous one <laughs> but yeah I mean, you watch ones like that it's you, the more ridiculous the better at times yeah. isn't it? Well, I remember going to see fallout in the cinema and mm-hmm. that
2: the opening of fallout blew my mind mm-hmm. just because I did not see see it coming the way that they were going about it mm-hmm. um and also I love the bit in the fallout trailer where Henry Cavill's fighting and they're fighting in the fight in the bathroom. <laughs> they cocked he, he his arms and you get the the
1: shotgun, the shotgun noises. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um for me I've got kind of three moments this year. Um and I'm gonna I'll give a spoiler warning from now for maybe the next five minutes giving a spoiler warning. My first one I'll mention isn't massively spoilery. It's the end of another round, um, which was the Mads Mikkelsen. I know we are mostly horror, comic book and sci-fi uh, discussions on here, but um, another round was a fantastic movie. I think it won the Best form Language mm-hmm. uh, Oscar. Mads Mickelson, I think, is a great actor. The ending of another round, this isn't really giving much away, but he's sitting with a bottle of champagne and he's just dancing along um the kind of side of the river in Copenhagen Mads Mikkelsen started out as a dancer as well um, before he was an actor and it's just fantastic, it's just beautifully shot, Copenhagen's a beautiful city it catches that whole aesthetic of the whole movie which is um the, the basic plot of the movie is a bunch of teachers have read a thesis that says the human uh, humans are born with a an alcohol deficiency of zero point zero five, so they've decided to test themselves by keeping that blood alcohol level, um, and it's that's that's basically the whole premise for it, and it's just different aspects of how they they'll deal with it differently. But the ending into that movie just has his performance throughout the whole thing is great, um, and it's just a beautiful moment, not a really kind of poignant moment, and um, tops to, tops the movie off great. Because there were only certain ways you could have ended a movie like that, and Hmm. I think they got it spot on. The next two are the big spoiler ones, so if you do not want to listen, I'll put wee marks on the the episode description, and you can skip past them. First one I'm going to talk about is the end of um, No Time To Die have you seen this actually i've just thought uh oh i i know how no time to die ends i
2: have right. not seen the film right okay. because i do not like the daniel craig james bond film.
1: right okay right so for me i don't like any of the other james bond <laughs> i've never liked james bond there's a good there's a good whack of them that i don't like as well mm. i've never been a fan i've never been into that kind of um Spy with a kind of suaveness about him, like Mm. the cocky, and basically he's a prick, and he's still a prick in the Daniel Craig ones. But I think Daniel Craig certainly made the character feel a bit more, maybe not relatable, but I cared about him a lot more. Like I've watched them since the first one, since Casino Royale, um, and his arc. Well, some of the movies have been hit or miss. I've liked the continuity, which has Mm. never really happened in Bond movies, um. And it being more of a personal story than just I've got a bow tie and I'm a shagger, like, is essentially <laughs> his whole stick. He's actually made him a character, not just an agent. Yeah, but it could be interchangeable, and that is what the movies have been since the 60s. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll defend
2: uh, l- uh, what's the one? It was actually Living Like that, but it's not, it's uh, License to Kill, mm-hmm. uh, which is the last one with. Oh god, what's his name? It's not Roger Moore, is it? No, it's Dalton. the it's Timothy Dalton's last okay. one. Uh which is a more personal kind of story, because it's the one where uh Felix Leiter gets murdered by the or is it his wife gets murdered and Felix just gets eaten but half eaten by a shark. Uh gets done by the cartels, and it's basically James Bond hands in his licence to kill, he gets revoked. He goes on a personal mission of uh, vendetta to go and kill the okay. cartel guys, okay. uh, and it feels a lot more like a kind of late 80s action film rather than right. a James Bond film. Okay, it's a film that when I was in high school and had big plans about going to be a director, I always wanted to remake, right? Okay, but I would remake it as a hard R, uh, cool. a, a solid 18 because it it's it has it alludes to. A
1: violence which never really kind of fulfils. Mm-hmm. Well, the Craig ones for me. Um, so I think maybe the first one would have been two thousand and six Kissin Royale Yeah.
3: Um,
1: so for I would have been nineteen at the time when that one came out. So my first, because the the, the Brosnan like old Nye when I was younger. That was nineteen ninety six though, ninety seven. Um, and then he had tomorrow never dies and World's Not Enough, which were... Gold gold is the only good Brosnan one. Yeah, aye. And so when they they done the whole reboot with Craig and you were hearing about it, it was Bond's an alcoholic and he was an alcoholic in the, the Ian Fleming books and he was never this as suave a guy as he was made out to be and he de- would developed into... As, as, basically, I think, what happened with Bond is they kept the The kind of 60s uh, sensibilities, which didn't really translate from the page. Yeah. That wasn't the type of character he was. Um, Well, that's kind of why Sean Connery was cast, because he was always more of a,
2: in the book, he's always more of a kind of rough and tumble kind of guy, Mm. kind of more like the kind of Craig aesthetic. Um, It was the, the kind of suaveness. I think kind of came more into play and became, became more of a thing with the Roger Moore side of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my well, god, Yeah, the, Roger <laughs> Moore kind of brought the campiness to the character.
1: Yeah. That was with the submarines that turned into cars or the other yeah. right out and shit like that. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, Craig, Craig's been a bit hit or miss. Um, Casino Royale was excellent. Quantum of Solace was pish. Uh, Skyfall was excellent. Uh, Spectre was mm, I, I, I quite liked Spectre but a terrible ending um, terrible CGI ending and Is that the Home Alone ending? Yeah, Blofeld's in a helicopter
2: Does he go to Scotland and set up traps in the house?
1: No, that's Skyfall Oh, uh, that's, that's Skyfall. Skyfall,
2: right, okay
1: that's, I love Skyfall. that's the Home Alone ending Aye, with M, no, Q eh, No M. M, aye. Yeah. My, um, M Dice. Uh, Judy Dench Dice. Um Spectre is a fight on in London somewhere. Can't remember exactly where. I don't Things think be at the... Spectre. Oh it's 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 got a uh, a uh, Christopher Christoph Waltz. Walsh. Aye. And it's Did, Oh no, wait, on do the they not head.
2: do they not allude to him being his brother?
1: It, I think they're like they were in the same uh, orphanage or something like that, I can't right, or something. Okay. I or they were adopted together. Yeah, I have seen it. <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's not here. Uh, it wasn't great, but there was there was parts of it like um it was the first proper really good henchman like a Bond henchman that you see in Dave Batista, where he just wields oh, right. yeah, I definitely. Things have seen that. he wears the the kind of spikes on his mm-hmm. thumbs and always pushes your thumbs into guy's eyes. <laughs> um <laughs> cool. uh, cause you cuz don't you actually ever see really any more henchmen in the Bond movies. No time to die. Um, well, Rami Malek, who I never have, the, the fact that you get an Oscar for Freddie Mercury was ridiculous. But I just don't think he's a good actor. No, nah, um, I've, I've never liked him. Cold, s-
2: cold, dead eyes.
1: <laughs> Aye, and Saffin is not a good Bond villain. But the progression of Bond throughout the movie and what happens, and I'm going to say it now: the ending, James Bond dies. Like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in Bond movies. It's always just, oh, now it's finished and here's the new actor. But The fact that Craig was allowed to be given this arc that was from Casino Royale, that was from, we were talking about Mads Mikkelsen earlier, from Le Chiffre, all linked towards Quantum and Spectre, eh, no Quantum, sorry, Spectre, um, as an organisation, but it ties it all up. Um, I just thought, I was at the end of it going, fucking hell, I can't believe they've done that. Which is why it was for me a quite a big cinematic moment whether it was the best movie or not i, I, I think it's on a par with, with skyfall um just the having the balls to do that i think it was carrie fukinaga yeah uh, the director having the balls and i think it was probably a big part of craig coming back he's maybe turned around he wants his logan mm. to an extent just doing that i think um i think it's been quite polarizing people you can't kill bond officers why not why not get the next Bond in? Give him a three-movie arc. You don't need to kill him after three movies, but doesn't it just need to be a generic continuation of the same guy who will maybe allude to things he done in the fucking 70s when he's meant to be 95 years old? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I
3: think it makes
2: more sense to to kill off uh, Daniel Craig's Bond if you're going to bring in somebody else, because it does answer that age-old question of is it just a code name or is that the guy? And hmm. that to kill him off, answers that question of well it's a code name they just they, they pass it on to the next person and W seven, do you mean yeah yeah and that and that that allows you to kind of easily bring in a new actor and not have to kind of deal with with years of continuity
1: mm-hmm. well I mean there's a there's a new 007 in no time to die as well mm. um but yeah I, I just thought it was it was a, quite a brave decision because a lot of guys that would go and see Bond are older generations that are just these newer movies have appealed to a younger born more James Jason Bourne element type of mm. spy movie. Um a lot of good performances again. Daniel Craig I think puts in I think he actually puts in his best performances Bond in this movie. Well maybe it isn't the best Bond his best Bond movie. Um <clears throat> Anna De Armas turns up for what is ten minutes, I think. She's only in it for, us. she's barely in it. I think she's great in whatever she does. But yeah, a really heartfelt uh, James Bond movie, which you don't always get in a, a, yeah, a balls-out ending, and mm-hmm. I thought they'd done a great great job of it. My last cinematic moment is, again, another spoiler, and it's going to involve No Way Home. So if you have not seen No Way Home and don't want anything spoiled, switch off for maybe the next couple of minutes. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have came back, I think even if you are a fan and you haven't seen it, but most people will have seen it by now, we kind of knew that was coming. There's too many rumours. Andrew Garfield can bullshit Mm -hmm. all he wants, but it was never that way. But the scene where they've been fighting together, but then they decide they're going to team up properly, and Peter's like, I'm part of the Avengers. Was that great? Oh, they're a band, blah, blah, blah. But then the three of them swing out and have the moonlight behind them, Mm -hmm. and they all pull their different poses as they're flying through the air and land I just thought that was so good honestly the chills I got, the goosebumps mm. in my arm with the moonlight behind them was just fantastic
2: See I would have went with the death of it as being a better cinematic moment I thought that mm-hmm. it's played tonally, it's played pitch perfect um, it's not overly saccharine mm. uh, Tom Holland puts in a, sol- a solid performance yeah probably the, the best emotional performance he's put in the spider-man to that point mm-hmm. in time uh and then even the fallout scene after that where they're all on the roof uh mm-hmm. kind of yeah carries up carries into that I d-
1: my issue with that scene is toly mcguire he delivers <laughs> deadpan lines andrew garfield's brilliant in it like mm-hmm. when he's talking about all oh, of a gwen um and how he couldn't save her and I think Andrew Garfield's just a fantastic actor which helps yeah. <laughs> probably the best out of the three of them Tom Holland's a good actor as well but I think Andrew Garfield's just on another level I just think when Tobey Maguire's delivering lines it, it, it left me a wee bit cold
3: mm-hmm.
1: but that just that one scene all of the three of them flying through the air it just it gave me chills like Spider-Man's my superhero I love Batman but it's been Spider-Man for me since before Remy. um and the the Maguire movies when I was younger and I didn't really focus too much on how how actors were and things like that I just seen Spider-Man on screen that way was amazing um, Spider-Man 2 was superb I went to see both Amazing Spider-Man movies in the cinema and I kind of re-evaluated I didn't reevaluate Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man 2 that was really, really bad. I did rewatch it. Andrew Garfield's still great. Mm-hmm. He's still a very good Spider-Man. He's still a... I mean, I think Tom Holland's probably the best all-round in terms of Peter and Spider-Man. I think um, the, the...
2: Tom Holland's a pe- perfect Spider-Man for the age group that Spider-Man is in, for that demographic. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see how he plays... Uh, College well, Spider-Man or something. Well, it's college it's college Spider Man, even though he's yeah. not going to college now. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays the more adult Spider Man.
1: Um, mm-hmm. well, I, I, right. I think he may struggle a wee bit more with that. Yeah, possibly. I. I, I. I think that was the issue, maybe with, um, with Andrew Garfield's one. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't of high school age, and you could really tell. Yeah. As a, a quippy Spider Man, he mm. was great. But just that, just that amalgamation of the three of them getting themselves intact to each other and like they'll they like shoot webs across each other so the webs bend and shit it's just it was so good. Like just that moment of it it was just it was a beautiful shot and the three of them landing in the Statue of Liberty. Ah just I absolutely loved it. Hello, Peter.
0: Hi. Do, we, do I know you?
3: What have you done with my machine?
0: Uh, here, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what machine.
3: Uh, do you want to play games? Catch! Uh. Don't worry, ma'am! I'm coming!
1: So the kind of last part of 2021's movies um, we're going to look at what we think were the best performances. Um, what have you got man? Uh, my best
2: performance i wrote down is Kevin Conroy as Batman in Batman the Animated Series just because I've watched a lot of that and he is the best <laughs> Batman. <laughs> but that okay that's not really the of <laughs> but I suppose um, let me just get the name of an actor then uh because it is the kid from Ghostbusters Afterlife oh okay uh because without that performance that film would probably have fallen flat on its arse right okay so I will get the name of it now Uh, is that you yes it's a a woman called mckenna well i can't do that because she was told june
1: 20th mckenzie
2: yeah mckenna mckenna grace mckenna grace aye she's
1: the one that plays the kind of egon
2: yeah she plays phoebe who's the the kind of egon
1: um sub
2: yeah sub's the best word for it Mm. Uh, that's a character that could have been played a bit more over the top a lot more kind of saccharine sweet mm-hmm. um but instead she's played she's played as a, an interesting character uh yeah. which for a child for a child performance is very rare uh these days uh yeah. she's she's not there to just kind of tug at your heartstrings and kind of feed your nostalgia yeah uh, she has she has agency uh she's intelligent uh she she progresses the plot of the film uh on most on most occasions uh she's kind of the pivotal part of that 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 film story mm-hmm. and yeah that's yeah probably be it for me
1: yeah. yeah. right <clears throat> um for me i've got quite a few actually so i've already spoke about another round in mad mads Mickelson Mikkel- thought he was excellent um Going back to another movie I've mentioned, Malignant. Annabelle Wallace is really good in it. Mm. Uh, hammy as fuck, but she knows she, she knows the the mission or the objective, mm. whatever they, they call it. Um, another mention is uh, the movie Palm Springs It was out. Andy Sandberg and uh, Kristen Milliotti are both excellent. Um, Andrew Garfield, I thought, in No Way Home was a standout, I think. Has from the minute he turns up, his comedy chops come right through. Has a uh, almost without saying redemption for him because he was still good in Amazing Spider Man, but it feels like almost like a redemption arc for mm. what it, ma- it, makes sense. it
2: makes his films relevant,
1: yeah, yeah, and just his emotion in certain parts of the movie, like um talking about Uncle Ben and saving MJ, things like that, when he couldn't save Gwen, and yeah, he just absolutely nails it. For me, though, I think, I'm going to mention two performances from the one movie. It wasn't the best movie of the year. In fact, again, I think it was quite polarising, and it was Last Night in Soho. I liked the movie. It wasn't what I expected, I thought it was going to be more horror based from how it'd been advertised. I really like a lot of Edgar Wright's stuff and the I mean the the um the, sco- the, the score the score, the theme tune in it is, is brilliant. Um just sixties bangers mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's a beautifully shot film and it looks beautiful. But Anya Taylor Joy and Thomas and Mackenzie, both of them in that movie, I thought were excellent. Really, really good. Anya Taylor Joy plays the the kind of sixties, um, bombshell in the movie, and Thomas Mckenzie's the the modern day, um, kind of artist. Mm. Um, but probably the two of them, Thomas Mckenzie's great, and she plays this kind of meek character. Anya Taylor Joy is just fantastic and it. And the fact as well that all her singing's done live, and she's got such an incredible voice, um. <clears throat> yeah, she just absolutely nailed it in terms of an all performance performance. I, I
2: would yeah. also give the uh, big John Cena a shout-out for the Suicide Squad. Ah, for Peacemaker, yeah, he was for great. Peacemaker. He's, <laughs> like, he's been building himself up as a, a, a solid comedy actor for a while, mm-hmm. and I think Peacemaker is he's kind of just hitting that point where Aye. he's... He's almost kind of got it down, Pat. He's mm-hmm. he's solid in that film. Well, yeah. pretty much everybody's pretty good in that film. But David is yeah. a master, and i am told you before, him that's, that's one. Uh, he's really good in it as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, Uh aye, John cena was great in that. eye it's the, it's the scene in the the camp with like aye. a with mud on all these folk. It's just I'll get, I'll do whatever it takes to get peace, no matter how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. <laughs> I think that TV show is going to be shit though. But from... <laughs> uh, I don't know, I mean, it's
2: James Gunn directed I'm
1: running, so. Yeah, 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 well, I suppose that is <sighs> potential. But, yeah. um...
0: When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got troubles, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know, downtown. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city, linger on the sidewalks where the neon signs are pretty, how can you lose? The lights are much brighter there, you can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown, things will be great when you're downtown, no finer place for sure, downtown, everyone's waiting for you.
1: So... The last one we're going to talk about is away from cinema and in TV wise this year that you've seen that you would recommend any. Yeah, highlights?
2: It's, it's been a relatively decent year for television, um, hmm. mostly on kind of streaming services. Uh, yeah, Netflix just put out uh, the first twelve episodes of season six of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I've heard uh, about that as well. Uh, Stone Ocean. <laughs> Which I I won't really go into because it's anime and people don't really need to sit and listen to me talk about anime. But (laughs) it's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is one of these shows that starts off like a very traditional shounen anime, uh, shounen anime being the kind of stuff which is traditionally aimed at kind of teenage boys. uh, And it's kind of a hero's journey style most Mm -hmm. of the time. So the first season of that starts off that way, and within like three episodes, goes amazingly off the rails, weird. Okay. Uh, to a point where it just continually escalates through the seasons, and you can never think they would get weirder or do anything new. This new season hits a point where oh, that's different. That's new. <laughs> Didn't know it could get that weird. And I'm here for look. that. That right. is that is that good gravy. You could you could say. Yeah. Um Disney Plus had its handful of Marvel shows. and uh, we won't talk about Captain America and the Winter Soldier because so it was rubbish. No, it was terrible. Uh, but Hawkeye was a surprise to me. I enjoyed that Hawkeye. a lot more than I thought I would.
1: <clears throat> Hawkeye I actually could have done with a couple more episodes.
2: Yeah, I would I have felt. a couple more episodes Aye. of that. For the one um that. I really enjoyed Loki. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed most of WandaVision and then it just became Kind of okay. I really liked what they were trying to do with the different styles of sitcoms yeah. as uh, the framing device. Yeah. Uh, the,
1: the the intrigue was better than the payoff. I think. Yeah. in One division. Yeah. The, um, yeah. The,
2: the build up was definitely better than the finale.
1: Yeah. And talking about fake outs, that Pietro and I hated. <laughs> absolutely hated. I like that's how <laughs> could, uh, It's. I really it, it, it was
2: a, it was a lot of work just for a dick joke.
1: I I pretty much I. Yeah. Like we've had in the mid um uh I'll not go into it, we'll maybe do an a No way home spoiler, but the the post credit, which was essentially a two movie fake out. Yeah. Oh, I'm not from that either. But anyway, I yeah. I think um three out of four Marvel shows had a lot of value. Mm-hmm. I think Loki is probably the one that's going to have the biggest impact going forward, yeah, obviously. I we can. So. Um and one division, yeah. A lot of good uh, more, WandaVision more one division probably have a lot going forward looking at her turning up in uh, Doctor it's Strange, a of, the multiverse yeah. of madness. you also have White Vision now somewhere. Um and Hawkeye, yeah, Hawkeye was just such a surprise, such a, a fun show. Yeah. Christmasy it was, show <laughs> it was it was just it was, was a, ju- it
2: was just a nice wee adventure show.
1: Aye. And you have the excellent Florence Pew rocking mm-hmm. up and obviously Everyone's going to have seen it. Just Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, just fantastic. Different version of Kingpin, I think, from the one we know from the Netflix shows. Well,
2: apparently, it's not. According to D'Onofrio, it's the same one.
1: just going to people's heads into car doors and all that. <laughs> oh,
2: hopefully, that'd be amazing. All you know that again. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the going with the family business kind of image of Kingpin, it felt different. Uh, because we're more used to the, the suited and less kind Planet. of fun guy Aye.
1: and there's no way he's been shot in the head no, no never. <laughs> maybe if he does he'd probably survive it <laughs> <don't know. clears throat> um, yeah, have, what, you have like Disney Plus also had its Star Wars shows
2: like Star Wars Visions which right. was uh, six different uh, anime studios were just told go make a Star Wars cartoon Right. Okay. Uh, Granted, to to varying degrees of success, right? Uh, but some of them were were fantastic. Like the Studio Trigger one about uh, Sith twins, was visually stunning, mm-hmm. um, and some of the best Star Wars which i would seen. And then you had at the end, just in the very death of the year, you had uh, the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett.
1: Not watched which, it yet.
2: Which I really enjoyed that first episode. It's okay. got a really weird. Kind of spaghetti western vibe to it. Robert Rodriguez, fun. wasn't it? Yeah, he did that first episode. I don't mm. know how many other episodes he's doing. I know you've got um, John Favreau's directing one, Bryce Dallas Howard's directing one.
1: Right. I'm okay. Sure. Uh,
2: but I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other thing I had was season three of What We Do in the Shadows. I've still not seen. I'm
1: halfway through season two.
2: But season,
1: season three. On. It's the same <laughs> sound, but it's just as good. <clears throat> Aye. Um,
2: um, me, have you have you got as far as the the vampire council yet?
1: Is that end of season two? Then maybe I've seen the end of season two, where everyone it. everyone turns up basically.
2: Yeah, I think that's the middle of season two. Right, I think uh, I've
1: definitely seen that one. I... Uh,
2: they've got blade on a laptop.
1: <laughs> but he's called. Do they just call him the Daywalker? They don't mention. I just his call name him Daywalker. Really. And then take away tea and all that. Rock's yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah, what we do in the shadows. That's excellent. Um, for me, for TV, uh, speaking of Disney Plus or it's on Star Star Play or whatever they call it, was Only Murders in the Building. Oh yeah,
2: aye.
1: Um, the Steve Martin and Martin shot and. Uh, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, randomly, but that was excellent. Did you watch it?
2: I've seen bits and pieces of
1: it. It's brilliant. So mm-hmm. good. Like, um, I wasn't was, I was too sure of it, but then just the, the write ups, I just went, oh, fuck it, we'll give it a shot, mm-hmm. and it was uh, really engaging. Um, everyone knows about Squid Game. Don't need to talk about that. That was brilliant. Uh, Get Back, which I don't know if that's TV. Mm, it's kind
2: of. I watched the first 20 minutes of that. And it was
1: just them dicking about, and Aye. I just couldn't get in it. I just think it's really interesting. It's really well shot. Um, it's seeing that element of the Beatles. Poor, I, I love huge Beatles fan. Um, just it was yeah, I genuinely just loved it. Um, I've actually still got a wee bit to watch. Um, there's another Korean Netflix show called Hellbound. Oh, yeah, I've
2: seen the trailers for that. Hmm. So that the guy that
1: did, it's the guy who did Train to Busan, I believe. Possibly, uh, oh, I couldn't tell you. That's something that uh, uh, I am unsure of, but Hellbound is basically um, people start getting visions, telling them you're bound for hell in seven days or twelve days. It tells them exactly what's going to happen. Um, and then there's this religious cult that kind of like attaches on it. It's six episodes so really quick watch but it was really good mm-hmm. and it sets up season 2 really well, it was really intriguing don't know how they're going to do it Um, the crazier the better I think Um, uh, but yeah, oh, brilliant, such a good TV show for me there wasn't anything better TV wise and oh, do you know possibly even just anything wise than Midnight Mass I knew that was coming I uh, <laughs> I absolutely loved this, I love Mike Flanagan like everything he's done from i mean i've never seen oculus i've seen ouija or ouija or in origin of evil um which was decent actually better than the the original um hush and everything fantastic midnight mass is just so good i absolutely loved it performance wise uh, ryle coley um as the sheriff is fantastic um Eh, what's his name? Linklater? No, Linklater. oh, I forgot the main. I
2: can tell you who's
1: all in that. Ah, I forgot his name, but Katie Sagal as well. I just thought it was excellent. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a a good take on a vampire tale. Um, just such again, Mike Flanagan's good at getting emotion in his TV shows, and kind of, I love both uh, haunting TV shows. Um, He'd done a fantastic job of Dr. Sleep, which I didn't think would have been able to get done. He'd done Gerald's game, which was impossible to film, people were saying. Um, Midnight Mass for me, if not the best. (laughs) Um, So for 2022, what is your kind of most anticipated, Uh... if you have anything? Probably Into the Spider Verse 2. Mm. Um, into, into the Spider Verse 2, Part 1. Yeah. Whatever it's called. <laughs> it's like Into the mul- into the, into
2: the Multiverse or something like that now. It it's Across called? the Spider Verse. Across the Spider Verse. That's what it is.
1: Spider Man 2099?
2: Oscar Isaac returning Spider Man 2099. Mm. Uh, which is quite good because I never thought they would ever bring him back. Did uh, he voice him before then eh? Yeah, he's in the post
1: credits of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um no, but but he doesn't he have a voice in that, does he? Yeah, he speaks. Does he? I'm sure I'm sure he
2: Can speaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um cool. so you've got that, Mission Impossible Seven, mm-hmm. uh for Love and Thunder. I'm yeah, looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be good.
2: Uh Top Gun 2.
1: Never seen Top Gun so I don't get a fuck about Top Gun seen, too. You've never
2: seen Top Gun? <laughs> Top Gun is a tits mate mm,
1: uh,
2: I... Top, Top Gun is a fantastic film it's, uh, Top Gun is a testament of how how much uh, cocaine can drive a film's idea and narrative <laughs> to, to production
1: So how do they add that into the 2020s?
2: <laughs> uh, well it's um...
1: So in MDMA now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's now him as an old man, and uh, uh, kind of getting taken taken out of the rotation. So it's yes. it's, it's top, what you should watch. Top Gun, get Top Gun. I watch it. <clears> uh, <throat> it's it's quality eighties movies at its best. Right. Uh. uh well, I was looking forward to the Bob's Burgers movies. Well, it's is interesting. Again, one I've never
1: seen Bob's Burgers. I've always went, I've always meant to watch it. Can I say me that and Bo Jack Horseman? I've just never got around to them.
2: Oh, you should watch Bo Jack Horseman. BoJack right. Horseman is one of the greatest television shows ever made.
1: I've felt it's so dark as well. It, it is, it's, it's, it's utterly
2: brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of moments like I, I've struggled with depression for a large, right. large part of my life. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of like how I have lived my life and choices I have made. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bojack horseman which hits really close to the bone mm-hmm. it kind of resonates with yeah and i think it's a great tv show for our times
1: mm-hmm. is it quite cathartic in terms of that yeah yeah Aye. 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 cool yeah it's, it's again it's one i've meant to check out and i've just never never got around to it mm. um for me, I you've said Thor, Love and Thunder, I think that'd be great, takeaway to coming coming is always a good thing. He gets the character of Thor
3: mm-hmm.
1: Spot on. Like before um Ragnarok, I don't think anyone really knew what to do with Thor. Yeah. He was so so over the top, so ridiculous. Like it, it the, just... always,
2: the first two <clears throat> films they try and play him straight. Mm-hmm. It's this kind of and I love that as as well Like that first film is played like almost shakespearean levels of kind yeah. of the way kind the drama unfolds yeah and the second one tries to kind of vape that but with a bit more of a kind of gave a Thrones vibe yeah. whereas uh ragnarok just understands the sheer silliness right yeah the four character
1: Aye, guy gets it spawned like bringing in a uh, korg is like yeah. the best thing one of the best things that's been happening in marvel recently um i think Sam Raimi coming in for Multiverse of Madness, if you can put your stamp on that. Mm. Could be really interesting. Um January we've got Scream and I, I know we spoke about this beforehand, I'm really looking forward to that. Um big fan of the Scream franchise and love a good slasher if they get it right. Mm. I can't wait for that. Um Halloween ends, I'll be there for um and also a lot of the Marvel TV shows this year, like Miss Marvel, um, Moon Knight, mm-hmm. She-Hulk. Really looking forward to them coming out. I can't, I'm interested to see what what way they take them. Like, if they take She-Hulk as a courtroom drama, that could be quite cool.
2: Yeah, that that's the <laughs> She-Hulk show I want. Aye. But it's the She-Hulk show I'm not going to get.
1: No. Yeah, maybe it'll be like... Um, Kind of one that we we'll talked about earlier on. It gets the quirkiness, it gets the, the courtroom mm. drama, but then the last two episodes will just be right big thing fight, aye, other big fight, thing. Yeah. Aye, aye. Um, plus Marvel could be interesting. Um, Midnight Oscar Isaac again. I think Oscar Isaac being in there, I think is mm. is a positive. you signed on uh, to it
2: again. I'm everything. really interested to see what direction they go with that character because mm. I love I love the kind of good Midnight stories is about. How he's got schizophrenia he's essentially a schizophrenic yeah and kind of channels other per- personalities and i'll be interested i'm interested to see how if they do kind of go heavily down that line like how they how we kind of visualize that on screen
1: mm-hmm. yeah plus we could see what five movies nicholas cage and bruce willis are bringing out this year Taxman's <laughs> chasing them <laughs>
2: I quite like look of that new Nicolas Cage film where he plays Nicolas Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, looks pretty
1: decent. I've still not actually seen Pig yet. I'm really interested to see that. That's meant to be good.
2: Yeah, I'm just waiting for that to be free on a streaming service. I have pay for it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs>
1: don't I pay for it in case it's just absolutely shits the bed for what I like? Mm. Yeah, but I have I've heard good things about it. Um, I've still not watched Prisoners of the Ghostland yet. Actually, that's on no, Shudder. That's alright. Yeah, no, that, was was decent. that decent? Uh, yeah samurai ghost movie where Nicolas Cage has got a bomb strapped to his yep. neck. <laughs> yep,
2: that, that film
1: goes places. Now that sounds like an anime movie.
2: <laughs> oh, there's a lot of anime in
1: that.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: no. A lot of anime stylings in it. <clears throat> Magic right well, Neil. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Um, yeah, no it's problem. been good. Reviewing 2021. Plenty coming up in 2022. I'm sure we've got stuff we've missed. but It will be checking it out as the year goes on um, next episode we are probably going to be doing a Marvel review of 2021, uh, that'll be out in a couple of weeks um, and then we're going to get back to our regular programming of Scanner Dartley, which I meant to have done about three months ago <laughs> Oh, I, I, did, I did watch
2: that again yeah. in, in preparation for that podcast never uh, happened yeah, we that, will that, do it eventually <laughs> that film holds up a lot better than I expected to and feels more prescient
1: now than it did then. Aye, definitely. Yeah. But that's one we're going to discuss next. Um, Thanks for joining us. Have a good start of 2022. Um, If you're not in lockdown, wherever you're listening, we are. We're in Glasgow. We're fucked. We've got no chance. And we will catch you next time. Cheers!